We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to Stender, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts, please visit jcastnetwork.org. To share your thoughts about this podcast or others, please visit facebook.com slash jcastnetwork. This uh, Torah reading uh, contains a a few notable stories uh, that uh, are likely to be familiar to you, either from your uh, extensive Jewish education or from the fact that you were likely here a few weeks ago when we read them in synagogue on Rosh Hashanah. And it's one of the uh, cruel jokes that the ancient rabbis play on contemporary rabbis uh, that we are given these Torah portions six weeks ago and we have to give sermons on and then we have to give sermons on them again six weeks later and have something new to say. But fortunately one of the gifts of Torah is that uh, every time you read it the words may be the same but you are different or the world is different and so therefore what the Torah says and what it communicates, how we understand it, how we learn from it, might change by moment to moment, or week to week, or month to month, or year to year. And that's true for me for this week's parasha, as I was reading uh, in particular the story of Akedat Yitzchak, of the binding of Isaac. Uh, I had uh, firmly in my mind the news events of uh, this week uh, with uh, the uh, uh, suspicious packages uh, containing uh, live, it seems, bombs uh, that were sent to uh, many uh, uh, officials, uh, uh, mostly Democratic officials and and, uh, liberal activists and news agencies. Uh, And uh, we uh, saw the news yesterday that the uh, FBI seems to have got their man. uh, And uh, it seems, although nothing is conclusive yet, uh, but it seems that these actions were indeed politically motivated, guided by uh, ideology uh, and by a person who was driven to uh, place ideology before human life. This seems to be one of the messages, I think, of the story of Akedat Yitzchak, because we have Abraham, who is given a commandment uh, to sacrifice his son Isaac, Uh, a commandment that he completely and unflinchingly follows. I read several commentaries about uh, the Binding of Isaac story this week that talks about the the narrative of the story depicting Abraham almost trance-like in his allegiance and obedience to God's command. God commands him, and without a word, from Abraham, the only word Abraham speaks is "Hineni, here I am." And the next morning, he got up early in the morning. The next morning, and uh, got his donkey together, got everything together, and went off to carry out the commandment that God had given him. Everything in the story indicates that Abraham uh, was completely obedient to God's command. <coughs> understood God's command in a literal sense, uh, and was unquestioning in God's command, and was passionate about carrying it out. So much so that there's one 
term in the one word in the story that caught my eye, uh, which is the term that's used for a knife in the story. Uh, the term that's used for a knife in the story, the knife that Abraham uses, used twice in the story, uh, is ma'achelet, uh, from the Hebrew root ochel, which means to devour. Uh, and uh, this is a term for knife. Usually the term for a knife is a sachin, sakin, or something like that. Uh, and uh, and so ma'achelet is actually a, an unusual term. It's used only a uh, two other instances in all of the Bible, uh, that term for knife. Both of those instances having to do with uh, the, uh, the, the cutting up of human flesh. So it seems like the story is indicating that Abraham knew exactly what he was intending to do and had the materials that he knew he needed to carry out the task that he believed God had given him. He was ready and willing to sacrifice his son. The text phrases the whole scene as a test, but it actually doesn't tell us whether or not Abraham passed the test. And I want to propose that what the text is offering here is that Abraham actually doesn't pass the test. There are instances in the, in the Torah where uh, Abraham, uh, even in this week's Torah portion, in which God tells Abraham something that doesn't strike Abraham as uh, being a manifestation of something the God that he knows would do. And so Abraham challenges God. And here in this test, Abraham doesn't talk back. Abraham doesn't challenge. Abraham doesn't object. He just carries out the command. And it seems to be, it seems to me that the conclusion of the story, in which uh, God sends an angel, sends two angels to stop Abraham from the action and replaces Isaac with a ram with its horns caught in the thicket, is an indication that God never intended to sacrifice Isaac. And God's test of Abraham was about the nature of Abraham's faith. Was it good faith or was it bad faith? Was it good obedience or was it bad obedience? What was Abraham's loyalty to? The angel says, now I know that you are someone who fears God because you would not withhold your son from me. But the angel doesn't say, now I know that you passed the test. He just says, now I know that you are a fearer of God which is a literally accurate statement about Abraham's behavior in the story. Abraham indeed does fear God. Abraham is loyal to the commandment of God. Abraham places that commandment above the life of his own beloved son. All the more so, God might wonder, how much more so would Abraham put the commandment of God above the loyalty that Abraham has to any other human being? If he's willing to sacrifice his own son... What else might he do? What other horrors might I be able to get him to perpetrate in my name? And so perhaps, as many commentators suggest, this is a failure of a test. This is an ideological story, some commentators say, about why, how we came to be as Jews, people who no longer sacrifice human beings. And the story is meant to show that God doesn't want us to do that. And perhaps I think the story is trying to tell us that God does not want us to put loyalty to God above our loyalty to each other. So when Hillel in the Talmud famously says to the convert who comes to him and says, teach me the entire Torah while I stand on one foot. 
And Hillel says to the convert, what is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. That is the whole of the Torah. The rest is commentary. Now go and learn. And we love that story. Many of us love that story. I love that story. But if you stop and think about that story, that's a radical story. Because one would think that Hillel should have said, the whole of the Torah is Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Or the next verse, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And indeed, in the Gospels, when Jesus uh, uh, talks about the, the most important commandments, he puts both of those together. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. These are the two most important. But Hillel doesn't say that. Hillel, the story that, that we prize, says, what is hateful to you, don't do to your fellow that is the whole of the Torah. Maybe secondarily, Hillel might say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. But first is our loyalty to each other. Rabbi Daniel Hartman uh, of the Hartman Institute in Jerusalem uh, just recently put out a new book with a very provocative title that I love. It's called Putting God Second. And it's an argument that he makes, he's in the Orthodox world, and it's an argument that he makes to people within his own community uh, about how uh, the, the tendency to prioritize uh, loyalty and obedience to God over our relationships with each other, the way our responsibilities to each other, the way we treat each other, the way we hold each other, is a distortion of the message of the Torah. And it causes untold suffering and tragedy and terror in the world. When we put God first, we become blind to how we treat each other sometimes. Now he also says, and I love this, he says that when I say put God second, for the great majority of Jews in the world, that's actually a major upgrade uh, from where we usually put God. But Put, putting God second is, uh, is his argument. That what the Torah, what Jewish tradition is trying to teach us is not, is yes, God ought to be important. We ought to love God with our heart and all our soul and all our might. But our first loyalty is to preserving and protecting and defending each other. To elevating and uplifting human life. To save a life is to save an entire world. To destroy a life is to destroy an entire world. This is the core of the Torah. What is hateful to me, do not do to somebody else. What is hateful to you, do not do to somebody else. That is the whole of the Torah. The rest is commentary. Now go and learn. And what I want to suggest is I think that this story is not only talking about putting God second but also anything that we elevate as a primary ideology that we serve and follow at the expense or that blinds us to how it impacts and how we impact other people. That is also what this text is talking about because many of us are not only God intoxicated, we become ideology intoxicated. This is true across the political spectrum. Uh, it's not only true of this individual who is sending these packages. It is true, uh, sadly, among the left and the right. We become ideology intoxicated. Now, I'm not uh, in the camp that uh, where it's become fashionable lately to talk about our political loyalties as tribal, in the sense of irrational uh, rather than rational. I think our uh, I, our party loyalties, our political loyalties are largely speaking uh, rational, they're ideological. But all the more so, 
if they are ideological. All the more so if we are saying that we believe in this vision of the world and this pers- and the pursuit of that vision of the world as our ideology. What our text here, I think, today is challenging us to hold is how we put that loyalty second and not first. Because when we always hold it first, we do so at the expense of our relationships to and our responsibilities to each other. We put ourselves at risk to commit atrocities in the name of the value that we hold dear. And our portion today, the story of the Binding of Isaac, and our tradition largely, I think, is asking us to flip the equation, to do it the opposite, to put each other first, and ideology, belief, our passionate loyalties to conviction, to put those second. Because first, the whole of the Torah is that which is hateful to you, do not do to your fellow. The whole of the Torah is your son, your beloved, your only son, who you cherish. The whole of the Torah is love your neighbor. And until we are able to hold that above all other loyalties, we're destined to repeat Abraham's failure of the test. And indeed, we see many of our fellow citizens' failure of the same test even today.